Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of Rob Has a Podcast. I am Rob Sesternino, and this is very exciting because I'm always thrilled when we get this guy on the horn with us. And uh, you know him from uh, Xfinity TV. He is the curator of the Survivor Hall of Fame, and uh, he puts together amazing power rankings every week. Uh, Here he is. It's Gordon Holmes. Uh, Hey, Rob. Gordon, how are you? I am good. Um, I think it's time to let you know that this is officially the point where I, I stop complaining about Nicole avoiding me, and I have learned to just accept it. Gordon, I'm telling you that this is these are the the podcasts where we get down to the the nitty gritty without Nicole, where it's just one on one. We can go deep talking about all of these things, and uh, it's it, this is the chance to really uh, get in there, get our hands dirty. Are you trying to say Nicole's not deep? She doesn't doesn't care about the intricacies of the show. I'm I'm a little offended for her. But then again, I'm a little offended by her. So we're just going to leave it at that. Yeah, just leave it at that. Let's just leave it at that. So, uh, yeah, Gordon, I was thinking about this. Uh, This is what, like your uh, sixth or seventh appearance on the podcast? This is, you are in rarefied air, my friend. I I feel like, uh, you know, like Steve Martin on uh, SNL. I just reached that point where uh, I don't want to say I don't get excited, but I absolutely do. Um, but uh, it, it feels good. It feels like home, uh, Rob, to be honest with you. <laughs> All right. Well, Gordon, I'm <laughs> glad to have you back. And, of course, we're going to touch on uh, – or more than touch on. We're going to really dive into the return of community. But first, let's get into the Survivor One world. And I'm really dying to know what your take has been uh, so far. Uh, are you digging Survivor One world? I got to tell you, when I first heard about the the uh, the, the one world twist, I loved it because I, they had done something almost similar with Survivor Thailand. Uh, there have been other times where they had kind of teased it or painted at it, but it didn't go through with it. And I always thought that would be a great that'd be a great um, thing to do. I think that'd really open up the game for a lot of possibilities. And now that they've done it, it's the exact opposite of what I anticipated. <laughs> yes. Uh, it has been very much uh, an eighth grade dance like I used to go to where the men have really <laughs> stayed on one side and the women have really stayed on the other side. And very few times have they met in the middle. It feels like it's very much a product of the last season they saw before they were out there. Survivor Redemption Island where Boston Rob had set up those rules. Don't talk to anybody. If, you, if you're caught fraternizing with the other tribe, you're done. Uh, so it really feels like a, a product of that. So I kind of wonder if it had been better if it had happened maybe a couple seasons ago. Interesting. Uh, yeah, there has been a buddy system in play. I-, I wonder if it would have been better if it wasn't men versus women, because I think the men versus women was so dividing that you really couldn't have any intermingling where it was just, if it was just, you know, different colored laundry separating the teams, then maybe they might've been more uh, accepting of going to talk to the people on the other team. Right. I mean, I appreciate that keeping it men versus women helps you tell the difference between the tribes while they're so lo- so close to each other. But uh, yeah, I would agree with that, that, that maybe things would have been different if it had been uh, swapped according to laundry. If you so. <laughs> All right, so no discussion of Survivor One World or episode of Rob Has a Podcast would be complete if we did not spend at least uh, five to ten minutes talking about Colton. So ah. <laughs> what has been your take? Now, I know you love a good Survivor villain, do you not? I do. Yeah. I absolutely do. So does that mean you are on the Colton bandwagon at this point? My flavor of survivor villain, and that's probably an awful term to use, uh, goes more in the Johnny Fairplay, the, uh, the Richard Hatch, where it, it, it's, I like them more. I mean, sure, on their, their testimonials, they're, they're very biting, but in their gameplay, they seem to be very smart with the maneuvers they make. 
Colton, the, the analogy I want to use for Colton is I feel like he's kind of like Survivor's Courtney Scotton. Um, if you're unfamiliar with that name, she's the young woman who married the 70-year-old lost actor and kind of became famous off it. And whenever you see her in pictures or in interviews or things like that, she's always kind of, she's very young. She's like 18 years old or something along Wait, those lines. Who did she marry? Um, she married, he, he was some, uh, and this is terrible considering how much, how much lost I know about. I don't know. He, he was some kind of bit player on a few episodes. I don't remember. But he, he's <laughs> like, he, he, I exaggerated. He's 50 something. She's 18 something. And it made news yeah. uh, a year, a year or two ago because, I mean, obviously the age difference as well as she's always parading around it next to nothing. And whenever they do an interview with this girl, she always has this bizarre, sexy baby faux 30 rock voice that she's doing. And she's always throwing in these not subtle sexual innuendos, and she's always taking pictures of herself in, in bikinis and whatnot. And you kind of get, uh, in one sense, you're like, this is just horrific. But in the other sense, you kind of get the feel that this person doesn't really appreciate how the world works yet. So you kind of, you feel a little bit of sympathy for him. And that's kind of where I'm with Colton right now, where he's, I mean, he probably thinks what he's saying is funny, and maybe people in his circles find them funny, but the, he, he's going to, I think he's coming to a harsh reality that the real world really frowns on this kind of stuff. So it, it's kind of almost similar to like how Brandon Hance last year, when I, when I met him, I was like, he's a good kid. Um, but then he gets out there and he's just not ready for how the real world works. So that, that's kind of where I am with Colton right now. Yeah, very interesting stuff all around. So Colton is like the Jenna Maroney of Survivor? No, I, I had said uh, there was a, a character on, on 30 Rock that was, they brought her in to be a female voice. And she had, she was always doing like these sexual innuendos. And, and I think the term they used yes. was sexy baby. <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not going to yeah. do my impersonation of a sexy baby voice because I don't want your listenership to drop to zero. Um, but uh, not that it's zero now. It's very high. That was not an insult. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd hate for, I'd hate for, cause I can just hear the, the clicks, um, as turning off the podcast. Yeah. Um, uh, but it's just like this, it's not to me, maybe to some men, it, it just, it, it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, it's, it's really gross. I'm not attracted to someone who's 18. It's just, it's put on some clothes. Um, <laughs> that's not, that's how I feel about Colton. He just, he just doesn't have a feel for how the world works. I think he's someone who's really going to be in for rude awakening whenever he gets eliminated or if he makes it to the final tribal and, He's facing obviously Jeff, Jeff at the finale and the the finale. Uh, I'm sorry, the, uh, the the press exit interviews are just going to be really eye opening as to what he anticipated going out there. Yes, this is going to be a lot of fun. I feel like just as a spectator, uh, all this. Now, the history of these young, very young people on Survivor. Now we have uh, Colton is what 21, Brandon Hans is uh, 19. Uh, yeah, Fabio won when he was 21. Uh, but then you also have like uh, these Natalie Tenerellis and uh, how old was Purple Kelly? Do we know how old she is? I don't remember offhand, but she was very young. Very young. The, she was in college, I believe. The track record here is not super hot for these very young people that we're putting on Survivor. Should we raise the age limit on Survivor? One of the things, uh, um, I, I don't think so um, because, you know, I mean, the Survivor works best when it's a wide variety of people. Um but one of the things I always try to do during my exit press is just because, I mean, obviously, these are all they're real people and, you know, production is taking their either their best or their worst moments and showing them to America. So one of the things I try to do during the exit press is, and I did this with Matt, if you want to go back and check that interview, was like, you came off as a jerk. Is there anything, do you want, do you want, to, do you want to have one chance to defend yourself? What didn't we see? What, how, how, 
if you could do it again, what would you have done differently? That kind of thing. So I think Colton is somebody who's really, he's really going to be doing a lot of uh, apologizing during this interview process. Yeah. It's just scary to think that we're only four weeks into this thing. I mean, if he goes the distance, I mean, just how bad will this get before it's all over? Well, I, I think it, it, uh, that's a good point. I mean, I remember before Survivor Samoan, they're like, hey, guys, there's this guy, Russell Hans, and he's the devil. And you're like, come on, how, how bad can he be? And then, you, and then they keep showing so much of him. And you're like, I wonder if they're showing it all now because he doesn't last that long. And then he keeps it up all the way to the end. It's entirely possible we could up, be up for another couple months of Colton's uh, little faux racism show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's going to be very interesting to follow because, uh, you know, unlike Russell, uh, who Russell had, you know, was hated by some. But don't forget, Russell won the player of the year, uh, not once, but twice. So, you know, Russell has his detractor, certainly, but Russell also has a lot of fans, and he, uh, as he will tell you. Uh, but <laughs> for Colton, uh, he's, yes, he is very hated, but not that many Colton fans out there. Well, you know, love Russell or hate him, you have to admit, he did some, he did some very interesting moves in the game. Um, he advanced his cause, obviously, enough to get to the finale. I don't know if Colton has that in him. I, I absolutely think that Colton's best play would have been stick with the alpha males. Yeah. Because if, if, uh, according to Matt, like they were like Colton was working with them in the early days. They, they would, if they could have kept numbers to the merge, then either he'd have the opportunity to work with the women or stay with the men and drum up some sympathy being obviously the odd man out in a five man, like super buff guy alliance. So th- initially I was like, that seems like the smarter play. But then, I, wow, like, after what happened this week with the going to tribal council, I don't know if he has it in him to, and, and I don't think this was the worst move in the world for him. I think it was the worst move for his tribe. But, like, it's just the strategy is so out of left field. Like, I, I think he, he right now is playing for, you know, third place in a final tribal. Yeah, let's try to break this down strategically and see if we can figure out if this actually is a good move. I mean, the reason why I think that he's not playing smart strategically is that, you know, he's saying all of these things, but in his confessionals, he's not like, well, I need to get rid of Bill, and if we go to tribal council and I get rid of Bill, he's my biggest competition, and he's very charismatic, and he has a chance to galvanize people against me. He's saying, I need to get rid of Bill because I hate him. He's he's a ghetto trash. He should kill himself. He's so annoying. And this is not the types of things that good strategic decisions are based on. Rob, I, I kind of feel like with, with your podcast um, is that you have all these, these survivors on. It's always fascinating to get their angles. And this is going to sound like knee knee. I was said knee suck capping. That's not even close to that good. Knee cap sucking. I want to know what you would have done. If you were faced with a situation where someone had the, the guy who has the power in your tribe just said something as ridiculous as let's give up tribal immunity for a cause that obviously moves his game forward only and nobody else's. Yeah. What is your play? How do you go against seven guys that are agreeing with this crazy thing? Like, would you have gone along with it? Let's say I'm like Troy Zan here in this. I, okay. I, I think I'm saying. Whoa, 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 let's... A Jonas, to be be honest. A Jonas, okay. I'm thinking, look, guys, guys, let's let's just calm down here. Uh, I mean, let's let cooler heads prevail. Yes, okay, Bill is on on your nerves, or whatever. But look, look, the chances are we're going to a tribal council again. 
but you know, you want to have this guy to, you know, we're all united that we want to get rid of him. So let's not go anywhere. Now, the only thing that's interesting about this is the idea of do they know that there's a swap coming? Because if everybody is against Bill, um, then they say, okay, well, he could, you know, he could get powerful if he gets with the in the in the right group with the women. But for everybody else, I don't think that's so much of a threat. I mean, I think that uh, according to the our interview with Bill, he said that he had a uh, a brotherly relationship with Jonas. Uh, he also said that you know he had you know good relationship with Leaf. So I don't know where the big threat was coming from. Like Bill wasn't coming after anybody except for Colton. So. I mean, I don't see the urgency to get rid of him, even if Colton is having a tantrum. If nobody else is going to go along with that, who cares? Well, not to, to jump back into your, your answer for Colton. Colton doesn't seem to be one who really cares what anybody else thinks. Right. Like like when, when, when Bill was trying to talk to him, he just wouldn't have it. Like, this is how I deal with people I'm not interested in. I just get up and walk away. Um, how, how do you... like? From a, from a standpoint where you're like, I think your argument for not going to tribal council is very valid. You know what? We're going to go to tribal eventually. That's just the, that's just how the game works. Let's yeah. get rid of them then. But somebody like Colton, who clearly has everybody's ear and does not listen to reason, I, I think I probably would have eventually been one of those dumb guys, like for <laughs> fear of for fear of ending up being the next person on his list. Like work to get him out, but you know, give the baby's bottle this time, and then. I don't know. Like, just that situation was so like weirdly bizarre, and how he seems to have Tarzan in his pocket, and and all these other bizarre things. Like it, that was just a really just odd. And it, it, I've never seen somebody lead a tribe with like such an iron fist. It's absolutely just bizarre. Yeah, I think that what you could do if you're Jonas is not so much even work on Colton, but if you can work on Troyzan and work on Tarzan and and the guys who went along with the plan, if you can get everybody else on board with, look, this is a crazy idea, then even if Colton is stomping his feet, you know, you're not going to go to tribal council if only he wants to go. So I think you can do enough with, just like if you were trying to get, you know, somebody out of the tribe, there's enough politicking you can do. Uh, I guess it's probably close to maybe in like Congress or the House of Representatives. You might have one guy that really wants to get a a bill passed and he could be a very persuasive guy. But if you can compromise his support enough, then he won't have the votes to be able to get what he wants to do done. Right. I, I just think we've never seen, I don't want to say irrational, because I think this move wasn't terrible for Colton. It's just somebody who's just steamrolled a tribe like this. It's just, it, it, it's mind-boggling. And now, how much do you sense that the women want to work with Colton? That's a good question. Um, I, I think the women just had such a rough beginning that they, that, that they would be open to such things. And, and their own, I don't think they're happy with their own alliances, obviously, with Alicia and the concerns with Pat when she was in the immunity challenges. I think they, they definitely would be open, I mean, to, to working with Colton. I, I don't know how annoyed with him they were, um, although they did show some of that. I think Sabrina doesn't get nearly enough credit. If her goal was to give Colton the idol so he could mess with Monono, mission accomplished. Because <laughs> yeah. Like, like if, if Colton doesn't have that idol, he's still with the alpha males. He... Um, he doesn't get his tribe to give up tribal immunity. Um, and, and right now the, the women are facing a, a, a player deficit. Yeah. It's going to be very interesting to follow. And I'm very excited if they do switch up the teams this week. I think it's time. 
I I, I kind of wish they would stick with men versus women for once. I always I, I think it, the seasons they've done it were um, oh goodness the Eliza season Vanuatu uh, yes Vanuatu I'm just absolutely blanking. But I always felt like they would they would after you know four episodes they they give that up. I, I kind of wish they would stick with it for once. Um, and now that Monono is voting out all these alpha males, the challenges might get a little more competitive. Oh, that's um, interesting. Although they have done a great job with keeping the challenges to be, you know, things that don't necessarily depend on like brute strength. <laughs> but uh, I, I would, I would love, I'd like to stay that, stay this way for once. But on the other hand, it will be fascinating to see Colton have to scramble once his, uh, once he doesn't have his, his male, <laughs> I said male security blanket off. Uh, you, I know. you know what irked me about the challenge this week? The reward challenge? Uh, why, why couldn't they make those uh, boxes that they were trying to knock out just one piece of, uh, you know, wood? Like, <laughs> it was... I, I found it frustrating as a viewer that they like, no, that's that's only a I half. Got, that doesn't count. It's like, oh, come on. Pissed, they got it. How pissed off are you if you're holding the slingshot back and you're aiming for one slat of wood to give your tribe, you know, donuts or whatever. Right. But, yeah, I'm not a sharpshooter with any kind of I know. crazy ass Angry Bird slingshot. It's like I gotta, right? It's like I gotta try to pick up a seven ten split here now <laughs> somehow with this coconut. <laughs> um, that is funny. The uh, Angry Birds challenge. I I wonder if that's what it was based on. Maybe you need the the blue coconut that you can split into three, and then that'll be your better chance to take out that flat. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that was good. I mean, how much do you think that the men's decision to go back to uh, Tribal Council, even though they won the challenge, uh, reverses the immunity win that they have? Like, the women had won three in a row. They had all their momentum, and then they just got totally halted when uh, in that challenge where they just got destroyed. And then (laughs) to not have to go to Tribal Council seems like uh, you just have not stopped the momentum. I think, honestly, I think that helped the women in two ways. One, they've got to be thinking, what are we dealing with on this other side? Like, if it, I mean, we, they might have, not have an advantage in challenge, but I think as, as far as, like, team unity, as far as, you know, we can definitely outsmart these guys. These guys are putty in Colton's hands. Like, there, there's, there's got to be, that has to help them, as well as the men going to tribal was, like, the worst thing for him. You got poor Leaf, you know, looks like a kid caught with his hand in the cookie jar, feels just terrible. Like he, like he, he voted to go to tribal. Like I'm going to prove that I'm a team player. And, and I assume they had told him that they were going to go for Bill because he obviously voted for Bill. But at the same time, like you can never trust that kind of thing in Survivor. He had to be scared to death. You had this whole weird thing where Jeff is just tearing him to bits. You got Tarzan has to come to Colton's aid because Colton did not come off well um, at all with his, uh, his housekeeper talk. Um, so it's a tribe, <laughs> like on both sides, that was just, just a, uh, for the men, it had to have been really uh, uncomfortable and tough and, and, and bad for uh, tribal unity. So uh, we've spent so much time on Colton. Do you have any other favorites on this season? Who, who are the people that you want to see more of? Uh, well, I think Chelsea is my survivor crush of the season. Yes. Uh, in, in a long line of Gordon Holmes' survivor crushes, can we go through the, the last couple of seasons? Oh, goodness. All right. So let's see. Um, let's see. This is this sucks a bad name. Um, let's see, in Survivor, uh, Nicaragua, you had Eve Rojas. Oh, that was your Survivor uh, crush. It was. Um, it's a bit of a, a cougar there for you. 
I kind of, I think I'm going in that direction for Survivor Redemption Island. Was it was Christina her name? She was voted out early. Uh, like, uh, from the uh, yeah, Christine. Uh, I forget it was Christine or Christina. Christina I don't recall. Kel, yeah. Yes. Uh, like I, she, she had some, she had some fire. Uh, let's see from Survivor, and then I go a bit younger for Survivor. Um, the the <laughs> South, Survivor South Pacific no, Redemption Island. Uh, no, no Survivor oh, sorry, Island. sorry. I thought yes, you're right. I'm Survivor South Pacific. You had uh, Michaela. Okay, and Michaela was one who. I mean, obviously she's a she's a, a, a beautiful young woman, um, but she is. I really wish we had seen more of Mika- more of Michaela. No pun intended, because she was hilarious. And it, there was stuff, well, I did a, an exit, uh, I'm sorry, the pregame interview with her and uh, had to cut out so much stuff because it was just hilarious, raunchy, inappropriate for XTV uh, readers, like jokes. Like, she was so funny uh, when, when she kind of got delegated to being just, you know, Brandon Hans's object of lust. Like, I thought that was like maybe one of the biggest crimes. Yeah. She was really funny. Well, Russell uh, Hans says she's the best. No, I thought Russell Hans, who did he... Who, who, who did he team with that he voted for for the Survivor Hall of Fame? Was it Natalie? <laughs> Stephanie Valencia. Stephanie Valencia. Yeah. That's it. That's it. That's it. Yeah. That's well, he it. likes her too, but he says that uh, I love Mickey on Twitter. He says uh, if you're not following her, you're an idiot. Oh, she's she's fantastic. Um, so yeah, uh, that I, see, I based it on more than looks. I based it on personality, which I mean, is, I mean, as I do with most, to be honest with you. Okay. And uh, this season, um, I was up in the air because I I didn't go out to. Survivor One World, and uh, I was going based on pictures. Like Chelsea is, she's quite lovely. And then seeing her catch the chickens, I'm like, sold. You're on board. Really? That sells. That does it for you? Yeah, I, I like someone who can go out there and, and prove itself. And uh, yeah, that definitely did it. Yeah. Um, but as far as other people, like her, definitely Jonas. I, 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 he was my preseason pick to win it all, which means, of course, he will probably be eliminated next week. Yes. Uh, um. Uh, Sabrina's interesting. I, I think if Christina could stick around, she's somebody I'd want to see more of. Yeah. Um, what is Jonas Jay, doing that uh, you're liking him so much? He just he just really seems he seems like the kind of player I would be. Uh, I'm sorry, I have to re- I have to reiterate re- rephrase that. He seems like the kind of player I would want to be. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've said this before. I think we all go. I think everybody, every Survivor fan, is like, I'm going to go out be, go out there. I'm going to be like Stephen Fishbach. I'm going to be like Rob's sister Nino. I'm going to have all the angles covered. I'm going to have all these amazing strategies. And I am going to be, uh, everybody's going to, uh, I'm going to be the puppet master. And I'm, going to, I'm going to destroy the season. And then they get out there and they realize it's harder not to knock Cochran. But I think that's what he wanted to go out there and have happen. And obviously it didn't work out that way. But Jonas seems like somebody who, with the exception of the girl seems annoyed at him when he was asking for the, uh, the fishing equipment, seems like somebody who's really got a good grasp on what it takes to win this game. He's low key. During the exit interviews, everybody seems to like him. Nobody has a bad thing to say about him. Same yeah. with Monica, Monica Culpepper, same thing. Um, everybody everybody I've talked to from the women's side adore her. Mm-hmm. Um, so he is somebody who I, I really think, in my mind, has a, a good shot. And again, like I always say, I always jinx the person. So um, when, when we talk to him next week after he's voted out, I'm going to apologize. Yeah, he didn't do such a hot job with that net negotiation. And the fact that he was not so smooth with his words uh, makes me feel like if he does get to the end, doesn't bode well for a final tribal council. Yeah, um, but I mean, this is a question for you. How how much does final tribal council matter at that point? I've always wondered that because it seems like most people go in there with a chip on their shoulder anyway. I'm not voting for that a-hole. Um, how much does final tribal even matter? 
I mean, for me, in the one final tribal council that I participated in, I mean, I was somewhat up in the air uh, going in. And I think, like, all of these final tribal councils, and I'm including, you know, Big Brother finales and stuff like that, it always seems like, and maybe it's the editing, but it always seems like there's one person that sort of, you know, makes a fool of themselves and does, you know, a embarrassing job. And then one person is either decent or at least somewhat coherent and then that's the person who ends up taking it home so i do think it does have some sort of effect on you know i think people do go in a little 50 50 or iffy or 33 33 33 oh man i think it's the final tribe i'm losing that's gonna break my heart that would be the closest i've gotten to picking somebody in forever (laughs) you know one of the interesting things that you had said earlier was about how people go out there and uh, they say that I'm going to be a Stephen Fishback or I'm going to play the game like Rob Sestrinino. And I, I don't know about that. But I, this is something that I, I had been thinking about recently. What percentage of people that you think watch Survivor feel like they want to go beyond Survivor? Like, for instance, like, uh, you know, a lot of people watch some of these other shows. Uh, like, would you say that ev- that you know, 95% of the people who watch American Idol want to be a singer. I don't think that that's the case, but I do feel like uh, there is a very high percentage of the people who watch Survivor uh, would like to, if they had the chance, be on Survivor. Okay, I, 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 let me let me, um, let me me shed some light on, on what I meant by everybody wants to be Rob and Steven. Um, I, I, I'm sorry, <laughs> I meant the more... <laughs> uh, what I meant is that... Every fan base has a certain level of, of like intense fandom. You know, there's people who watch the show and enjoy the show, and then there's people who watch the show and love to be on the show. And there's people that love the challenges, and people that love the hot girls in bikinis, and there's people that love the strategy. Um, with most fan bases, it seems like the the more passionate people are about it, the more they seem to um, the, the matriculate towards more of the strategic side of it. You, you see this in pro wrestling a lot. Where, you know, The Rock is the Rock is the most, um, you know, the, the biggest name in wrestling. Is he the best technical wrestler? No. People like him because he has his, his cool catchphrases and he's, he's like a big hulking dude and, and he seems really cool. That's the, that's the majority of the audience likes him for that. But the, the hardcore fans, the, the, the fans that, that go online and, and write blogs and listen to podcasts, they're more interested in like the, the more technical side of the sport. Like, and, and there is, it's the same with Survivor, I feel. Where, you know, if, if somebody came on your podcast and said, well, you know, Ozzy is the best survivor of all time because he's so good at challenges, that person would absolutely get ridiculed. I mean, I think I'm talking more about uh, the more... And how dare you, Gordon Holmes? Uh, Ozzy, Survivor Hall of Famer. Absolutely, and, and well-deserved. Um, I didn't vote for him, but very well-deserved. Because that, there's no, you're not wrong. If you think that, you're not wrong. It's just a matter of um, people like it for different reasons. And people who like challenges think Ozzy's the best. And people who like strategy think that Richard Hatch is the best. And people who like hot people, you know, think Chelsea's the best. Uh, who's, to say, who's to say who's wrong? But I'm saying people, I would, I would assume, and, and maybe the people in the comment section can, can shed some light on this, that people who follow Survivor on the internet and listen to the podcast and read the blogs are probably more interested in the strategic side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I could be wrong, um, and I, I look forward to these comments. Um, keep it clean. Uh, but I, I would assume that, you know, the hardcore fans, like your Cochran's, um, are more interested in the strategic game. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, interesting to see because I do feel like, uh, you know, a, a very high percentage of the people who are watching the show week to week uh, either, you know, would like to play the game or watch the show thinking, if I was out there, this is what I would be doing, uh, which is very interesting. Um, and I, I think it's kind of different than most other, like, I don't think people watch CSI and talk about, well, if I was working this case, <laughs> I would have, you know, taken this piece of evidence and gone that way. Uh, so food for thought, good, uh, good stuff. All right. Yeah. So, uh, I think we, we, anything else on survivor one world before we jump into this community? Oh goodness. That's all I got. Um, again, merge, I'm okay with it, but I, I'd rather see it stay, uh, stay split for at least a little while longer but uh you know if that's sneaky editing who knows what's happening yeah all right so and how do you think they would do a switch uh you you think it'll end up with uh like four men and three women or you think we could see a uh, a more lopsided uh way to do it i i assume they will never do a tribe pick them ever 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 again and i don't think they've ever done that with uh i don't i don't think they've ever done that with uh with a uh with a swamp I think that only happens at the beginning. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I assume they they want to, the reason there's got to be some way to keep it even in their eyes, I guess. So I don't know if that's, you know, pulling buffs or how, how they would go about doing that. Yeah. Um, I, I think the last swap that we saw was in Nicaragua. And I think it was sort of like, uh, okay, stand on a surfboard. Uh, I, don't, I don't know why I said surfboard, but stand <laughs> on a, a, a thing and then turn it over, and then whatever color you have, uh, that's what your new team is. I think the reason you said surfboard is because they actually did on CBS.com sell a Survivor Nicaragua surfboard. Oh, perfect. Yep, is that is. in honor of Fabio winning? Uh, I, I believe it was sold beforehand, unless that was some kind of foreshadowing they were trying to let us in on. Yeah, and you were the biggest Fabio fan. I, I was. <laughs> you love Fabio. I do. Fabio's a good kid. He's, he's the same kind of, like, you go out there and you meet this person, and you're like, what a great guy. This, I don't know if this is the game for him, but, like, he's, he's good-natured, he's fun, he's from St. Louis, which, uh, of course, um, is always going get, to get me, get you, me as a fan. Um, but yeah, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a good guy. Um, I don't know, again, not a fan of his gameplay, but, uh, hey, he's, he's got a million-dollar check, and I don't. Well, he had a million dollars. Okay, he had a million dollars check. Okay, sure. <laughs> All right. Well, let's jump into the return of community. And everybody knows that uh, you're one of the biggest community champions out there or, or a champion of the community cause. And so uh, you, you, Gordon Holmes, what is your uh, mood like only days before the return of community? <sighs> Rob, if there is a... a I, I, oh, here's the thing, Rob. Um, I don't have any children, um, <laughs> so I, I don't know what it's like to 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 have. Everybody's like, what, "What's the greatest moment of your life?" They either say their their wedding day or the day their child was born. I have yet to experience that, so I can't say what it's like to, to bring a child into this world, to hold a new life and look into that eye and see, you know, half you and half half the woman you love. Um, <laughs> I can only assume that my feelings about community coming back are, 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 are probably in that same ballpark. More exciting than when your beloved St. Louis Cardinals won the World Series for the second time in six years or five years? I'm sorry. Could, could you repeat, repeat that? <laughs> I just like hearing that. 
where your beloved St. Louis Cardinals came from back from the dead and and uh, <laughs> 500 games out of the wild card on September 15th. I'm actually going to make that my ringtone. Um, <laughs> honestly, um, and I, I did get a chance to watch um, this Thursday's episode uh, last night, and seeing them all together again is just it's it's uh, it's awesome to me. Like a lot of people will knock Ghostbusters too, and I'm a big huge Ghostbusters fan. Um, people will knock Ghostbusters too, and, and, and with with good reason. But at some point, it, like if you if you love a franchise, sometimes just seeing them all together again, just that feeling is enough, and uh, it's great. Like it, it's not okay, not as good as the Cardinals winning the World Series yeah. for the second time in five years um, after coming down from five hundred games. And but too bad Bill fun. Murray doesn't feel how you feel about the Ghostbusters. Otherwise, you would have a Ghostbusters three right now. Well, here's the thing. Um, if you go to my my website, you plug uh, morewhatnot.com. I actually did an interview with with Harold Ramis, and this is way off topic. Um, a couple of years ago, and we talked about a Ghostbusters three, and he's a very nice guy, but oh man, I, the thought of Ghostbusters three scares the crap out of me just because of some of the ideas him and Dan Aykroyd yeah. have been tossing around. So, I, I ain't uh, afraid, I'm, I'm afraid of no Ghostbusters three. What's that? I ain't afraid of no Ghostbusters three. I am. I'm horrified. <laughs> um, I'm not one of those people that you know, like one of those Indiana Jones or Star Wars fans that oh, they ruined my childhood. I just you know, I don't want to see it. I'm good. We're fine. Let's move on. <laughs> Uh, maybe you could write some Ghostbusters fan fiction and, and write a Ghostbusters 3. I don't know. Those fan fictions always kind of turn... Uh, that's the thing. And, and <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't believe I have the ability to, to do that either. Like, for years, I tried to think of... You know, they always talk about relaunching a new Ghostbusters with new people. And I always kind of... Who, who, who does that kind of comedy today? And there, there, aren't, there really aren't a lot. Yeah. All right. So how did we get on to Ghostbusters? We're I know, right? About... <laughs> I, I'm, sure, I'm sure it was my fault, to be honest. <laughs> so we were talking about the return of community. You were happy in Ghostbusters 2 because you got to see all the Ghostbusters right. back okay. together again. That's right. Yeah. Seeing, just, just watching, you know, the first bit before the credits, just seeing them all there was just awesome. Uh, it, it absolutely made my evening. Yeah. So I, too, got to see the first episode of Community. I attended. They have the Paley Fest, which goes on here in uh, Los Angeles. And does it go on in New York as well? I think there might be a couple of offshoots yeah. there, but I think the majority of it's in Los Angeles. And what it is is a, you know, sort of a, a two-week-long festival where they have uh, stars of different TV shows. Like, they have, like, a night for different TV shows, and there's, like, a panel where they interview uh, all of the different people from the shows. And so last Saturday night, uh, I attended the uh, Paley Fest uh, for Community, uh, which was moderated by uh, the great Alan Seppenwall, uh, who I got to meet after the show, and he was uh, super nice. And so uh, we got to go see that, and they showed the first episode of Community that will uh, come back on Thursday, March 15th. And so Gordon Holmes, that was... Uh, w- without getting anything t- uh, too spoilery into community, and not that you could actually spoil community, uh, did you think thumbs up or thumbs down for the episode that's going to be that is going to be the return of community? Uh, absolutely, thumbs up. I mean, it's not one of their it's not like one of their their best, but like it's a solid you know stand up triple. I think uh, baseball analogies again. Yeah, I think uh, Britta owns this episode. I think she's just like she's somebody who they just have done. Like, when she started, she was just, like, the pretty girl that Jeff was going to chase. Yeah. And now what they've done with her character with, with you know, like, the, the hardcore liberalism is just fantastic. And I really enjoyed it. 
Um, you know, uh, I can always use I can always use more Troy, um, but other than that, absolutely no complaints. <laughs> so you're saying they did not Brita it in their first episode? They back. they they did not Brita. There needs to be there needs to be like a some kind of alternate. I guess Streets Ahead is the best thing I can say. About it. <laughs> it was Streets Ahead. I actually thought it was just okay. I thought it was uh, just sort of a pretty mundane. Uh, episode. It was a Shirley episode, and I'm not really a big Shirley fan. I liked uh, some of the the B story with Troy and Abed, but uh, I was not super excited to see an episode uh, about Shirley, my least favorite community character. Damn, damn you to hell. Um, <laughs> I, I guess that is. I will say this: it depends on how you feel about uh, Malcolm Jamal Warner's character. Um, he's in it a bit. I know a lot of people really don't enjoy him. Where I, I, I kind of like him as he's always just kind of a real guy in the center of all this craziness. So again, I enjoyed it, um, and Rob Cesarino is a bad. <laughs> yeah. So uh, a lot of things uh, to be excited about with the return of Community, though. So yeah, are they going to go straight all the way through a la twenty four until uh, finale night? I honestly don't know. My understanding is that it's all been filmed, so I, I, I would assume that they can just crank through them if they'd like to, but I, I don't know that answer offhand. Yeah. Now, Dan Harmon talked quite a bit. Dan Harmon, the creator of Community. Um, and so uh, just a, a quick side note, at the Paley Fest that I went to uh, with Nicole, uh, we went to it. And so we're... Who? S- <laughs> so, Who's that? Yeah. Uh, so we went to the Paley Fest with Nicole, and I said to Nicole, um, Nicole, do you want to go to this uh, Paley Fest? It's a panel where we're going to see the whole cast of Community, and they're going to ask them questions. And uh, you want to go and do this? And she said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Joe McHale's going to be there? Yes, yes. I said, now, Nicole, <laughs> it's going to be, you know, they're going to be asking them questions and doing, uh, like, a Q&A about the show. You're not going to be bored during this? No, no. Why would I be bored? Uh, cut to Saturday night. Nicole uh, not looking up from her iPhone uh, once the entire night. <laughs> And so uh, when Dan Harmon is answering the questions, Nicole's like, oh, who is this guy? He's so annoying. He won't stop talking. I said, Nicole, he's, it's his show. She's like, oh, he's very annoying. Uh, so Nicole, <laughs> not a Dan Harmon fan. Uh, any, anyway, uh, well, oh, go ahead. Well, let's, not, let's not move away from this too quickly. When Joel McHale spoke, what was her reaction to that? <laughs> I, I don't know if she was even paying attention to the words. Because uh, so, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm envisioning, you know, like a 13-year-old a girl at a Backstreet Boy concert. <laughs> that's just, yeah. That's probably the worst example I just hated myself. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, you know, like, you know, Bon Jovi circa 1987 with the girls going crazy. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, very frustrated, I was uh, when Nicole flips through the panel and sees like, oh, Paley Fest for Modern Family. Should we go to this? I said, you, you're not even enjoying what we're at right now. Why do you want to come back to one of these? So I would I would skip it next time and just stream it online uh, for anybody thinking of bringing a plus one to Paley Fest. Well, what were the were there any interesting tidbits that were uh, discussed during the panel? Uh, a few uh, interesting things. So uh, one of the things that Dan Harmon mentioned was about how this is the darkest season of Community. He always saw this as a four-year thing with the third year being the darkest year uh, in the four years and talking about just how ironic and meta the community turns out to be is that the actual show gets put on hiatus <laughs> during this uh, darkest season. But 
the big thing that they've talked about is there are uh, the deaths that have happened on Community. And Dan Harmon said, look, sit- sitcoms don't really kill a lot of people. And we've already had a couple of deaths uh, this season. Uh, I guess most notably Pierce's dad, <laughs> who uh, Jeff had a little bit of a hand in his murder. But allegedly, uh, I think there's going to be a a character is going to die before the end of this season of Community. And I wanted to know if you were interested in taking some bets on who that character could be. All right. Let's, uh, now, did they give any kind of hint as to if it was a bigger character, smaller character, etc.? I don't sense it is going to be one of the uh, seven uh, principles of the show. You never know. Um, but uh, it could be, but I don't get the sense it's going to be one, one of the main study group seven. Okay, well, I, I work with a gentleman at Xfinity TV who is a, a community fanatic such as myself, and he is convinced that it is going to be uh, Pierce. Okay. Uh, and he, he bases this on, if you ever read Dan Harmon's Twitter, which I highly recommend, how much they seem to hate Chevy Chase. Yeah. My defense, my defense to this statement is, but they've always kind of been like that. If you ever watch the DVD extras, like they always are kind of busting on a Chevy Chase. So it didn't seem that different to me, and I think that would be a very extreme um, way to go. So I, I, don't, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but it's out there. Also, Chevy Chase not at the Paley Fest. Oh. One of only two of the principals who were not there. Uh, your your boy Troy uh, was not there either. I hope it's not Troy. Um, <laughs> Troy Troy has so many different side things with his, his comedy and his rap. I'm going to hope it was that. Yeah. Um, Donald Glover. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, Troy Troy does not have a, a rapping or comedy career. All right. C- can I give you my pick for who they're going to kick a kill off on Community? Absolutely. All right. I think that the person they're going to kill off is. None other than uh, one of your favorites, Senior Chang. Oh, um, interesting. Only what, what leads you to? Only because I feel like uh, that he has been as the honorary eighth person of the uh, like the eighth lead of the show as he was in the first season. I think that he's all, all kind of been uh, usurped here by the dean. Uh, Jim Roush, is it? Uh, is it? I, I, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. I've only ever seen it in the credits. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the Oscar-winning Dean. The Oscar-winning Dean, who really was stole the show at the Paley Fest panel. Like, uh, he probably spoke, uh, maybe the most out of anybody in the cast, uh, during that night. And who is hilarious on the show. And I feel like f- to come up with ways to get chang into the story it seems very forced it seems like they have to shoehorn him in there quite a bit um and i would not be surprised if it is chang who is the one who uh bites the bullet or takes a bullet you think chang has become a nice wheel yes i think so i think that it's very hard to get chang into the story and while he's very funny i mean Kill Chang off. He can go off and do other things. I mean, you're, you're almost wasting him on Community because there's no way to get him into the story when he's not their teacher anymore. Now, for, here, here's my take on that. From a storyline perspective, it, it does seem like they're kind of shoehorning him into bits. And in my opinion, Chang does best when he you know, punctuates the scene rather than is a main character in a, in a storyline. Um, so from, from that aspect, I, I would agree with you. My only concern is this is a show that gets slightly better ratings than a test pattern. 
And that's not true. That's not true. Because <laughs> that if, well, one of the things that uh, will you finish your point and then I'll I'll jump in. Okay. Yes, as I was saying, community is not doing so fantastic in the ratings. Although, as Thirty Rock has taught us, that spot is very difficult. Um, and Ch- Senior Cheng is probably, if not the most recognizable members of that cast, like definitely top three. Yeah. Well, yeah, as you alluded to, you know, they took 30 or they took community out of that 8 p.m. Thursday slot where it was not uh, doing so hot. I think it was in like, uh, you know, between three and four million viewers were watching that show and they figured, okay, well, let's put in 30 Rock, which has never really been a ratings juggernaut. And they put 30 Rock in that spot and 30 Rock uh, at times did not even do as well as community was doing in that spot. So now here comes community back to that spot, uh, and is they're able to say, and Dan Harmon uh, talked about this at the Paley Fest, politically, this may not have been the worst thing for them to prove, because people had said, oh, you're on Thursday nights at 8 o'clock, why aren't you killing it? Where's NBC Thursday night? They that they, There are guys doing podcasts about these uh, the history of this <laughs> spot. Um, <laughs> so, uh, who would watch, yeah, who would watch who something would like that? that? And why wasn't why wasn't Niles Crane higher on the list? <laughs> but, uh, that being said, if they can come back and just improve on the numbers Thirty Rock was doing, and say, "Hey, look over here, this Big Bang Theory is a real juggernaut here. Uh, it's the number one show on television. Also, we've got American Idol up against us uh, here in this spot. Uh, I mean, if they could even just improve on the Thirty Rock numbers, I think this is a moral victory for Community." I think there's a big misconception about 30 Rock that has really helped community. And that because 30, because 30 Rock is so critically acclaimed, they've won so many awards. Tina Fey has been so celebrated because of the show, but 30 Rock has never really done fantastic numbers based on where it is. It either has been helped by its lead in or, or, or things like that. So, um, it wasn't shocking to me that 30 Rock didn't do very well there. I think, I think like you said, with Big Bang and with American Idol, it's kind of just, I don't want to say a dead spot, but it's a rough spot. So to, to see 30 Rock come in there and do similar numbers um, wasn't shocking, but people expected more because of 30 Rock. So uh, hopefully that uh, that line of thinking will help uh, our uh, community make it to that fourth seat. Yeah, we'll, we'll see because the community is very much uh, in the danger zone, is on the bubble, as they say, as we're getting ready for March Madness for – uh, getting renewed for the fourth season. And I think it's going to, uh, these next couple of weeks are really going to determine the fate of if there's going to be one more year of community or not. Well, well, my understanding is the producers are very confident that there will be a fourth season. Um, I, I, this is awful being a television, uh, you know, reporter like I am, but I'm not sure of the exact specifics, but you know, once a, a television show hits a certain number, it becomes worth more due to syndication and other rights such as that. So there is a lot of money at stake, a lot of money to be made if, if community makes it to a fourth season. And that's kind of what I'm hanging my hat on hope wise for, uh, for getting to that fourth season. Yeah. Um, I, I think, I think a lot of people will be willing to take a hit rating wise and, uh, you know, um, income wise due to commercials, et cetera, in order to get that fourth season out of community. And, and all of my fingers and toes are crossed. That, uh, that that is the case. Yeah, as Gordon Gecko once said, "Greed is good," as especially if you're a community fan. Indeed. So <laughs> uh, keep it going. So, what do you think about? I thought this was very interesting uh, when we were sitting there at the Paley Fest panel, and just the uh, grassroots sort of you know social media online support for community. I mean, is there any other show? 
that you could think of that has this sort of, you know, while it's, it does not have mass appeal like uh, many things on the internet, it seems to have extraordinary uh, niche appeal to a lot of people uh, through, you know, all of the different uh, interwebs and all the things that connect us online. Well, I mean, you hear about shows like Jericho and things like that, where their fan bases really did a like not successful shows, but the fan bases did a good job of keeping that show alive. Mm-hmm. And and not to, to be disappointed, but you know, community's got a lot of, for lack of a better term, geek appeal. I mean, they did a whole episode on Dungeons and Dragons for for, for goodness sake. So, I mean, this is a show that's going to have it, its fans are going to be um, into social media and are going to be. Uh, more active on the internet. So uh, this might've been something that worked in its favor when it came to, you know, drumming up fan base in the six seasons and a movie hashtag and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I think that the, the, I don't know if, if, if the, the, the fan base in particular, because of that reason is, is more likely to be working together, but I mean, it's, it's, it's working for them. So let's, let's hope let's keep that going. One of the great questions that was asked at the Paley Fest was, I, and a little, like a six-year-old kid asked it, so obviously like his dad told him to ask it. But uh, the question was, uh, if, if we get to six seasons and a movie, what will the movie be about? Uh, and uh, Dan Harmon had a, a really interesting answer. He said that, um, well, what I would like to do is that at the end of the fifth season, that the whole uh, study group says, you know, okay, we're about to go on a trip, and he like threw out like Vegas or or whatever or a cruise, and then they come back at the start of the sixth season and say, oh, that was crazy. Well, we should never talk about that again. <laughs> And then the movie is the adventure that happens in between seasons. Uh, I thought that was a pretty uh, pretty interesting idea. But uh, six seasons in a movie looks pretty far-fetched at this point in time. Well, I, I've always kind of held up hope for seven seasons in a theme park. But <laughs> theme park ride? That, that might be too aggressive. Yeah. Uh, I'm hoping that we don't get to uh, seven Transformers movies in a theme park ride. Yeah, I, I, don't, I think you're out of luck with that one, buddy. <laughs> I think that's all. I think it's all coming. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, so um, there's also been a lot of talk about this upcoming season of Community or this half season. Uh, some of the high-end episodes or the uh, big idea episodes that are that are coming up. Uh, there's been some talk of a uh, Law & Order episode. Are you excited for a Law & Order-themed episode of Community? You know, I, I tried. It, it, with Survivor, I do everything in my in my power to be to be spoiler free that's how i enjoy that show is not knowing who's going home next and also that it, i mean it's not fair for the power ranking of course um, of course which which as coach will tell you we take it deadly seriously um however for community it's the exact opposite the second something's out there i'm on it i'm watching it um and they had this, this long they called it like spoiler clip and i it was like this long awesome montage of all this stuff um you know like a pillow fight coming up and all this kind of craziness um, I'm not a Law & Order fan, um, but I, I think I know enough about, you know, what happens in a Law & Order episode to get what they're doing. And the thing is, is they've done such a good job with all these kinds of things in the past. It's almost kind of like Pixar before Cars 2, where they've earned the right to just <laughs> assume it's going to work out. Pre-Pixar, or pre-Cars 2 Pixar, very pre-Cars, good. Pre-Cars 2, yeah, because you hear like, oh, Pixar's making a movie about a rat that's a chef. Yeah, and if you, if you if you didn't hear it was Pixar, you'd be like, "Wow, that sounds terrible, and I'll never see that." But you're like, "Well, Pixar's doing." It. You're like, "Okay, we'll give it a shot." Yeah. So Dan Harmon has earned that level of uh, of of faith from me. So uh, of course, I'm looking forward to it. 
Uh, the other big announcement was that at the Paley Fest was that there's going to be a community animated series of shorts uh, coming out. What is what is your reaction to the community animated series? Well, we have them uh, on XfinityTV.com. Well, um, see what I did there. Uh, do a search for community. They're there. We have the. Uh, I don't know how many there are going to be. We have, the, I believe, the first three so far. I've watched them. It, it's it's kind of like. Uh, you know, it's like the the pregame interviews, like for Survivor. You kind of, you you just it's been away so long. You just you want your something to to hold you over. I think it, it it's funny. It's not it's not their best stuff, but I mean it definitely holds you over. In fact, you know, swing over to XfinityTV.com and, and check them out. Yeah. All right, Gordon. I asked people to submit some questions for you that we were having them on the podcast. Do you have time for some questions from our listeners? Absolutely. All right. So uh, we, I said, Gordon Holmes is coming, talking Survivor and community. So these are questions uh, just for you, okay? Oh. <laughs> All right. Sure. So uh, sure. here, here we go. Uh, this is from Mark Ari Solera. His uh, first question is, uh, how did Gordon react to Andrea losing Miss Survivor? Now, uh, what threw me off before when you were going through your Survivor crushes, I thought that Andrea was going to uh, be the one for Survivor Redemption Island. But uh, now we learned it was actually Christina Kell. Uh, so I know you were big on uh, Team Belky. Uh, how did you deal with that loss? Well, the, the reason Andrea wasn't my Survivor crush for uh, Survivor Redemption Island was, you know, they, her and and the other members of her her tribe, you know, they, they didn't get a lot of time. I didn't get to see much of them. I didn't meet them before the games. Uh, so Andrea, the reason I was so pro Andrea on Team Andrea, obviously she did the power rankings for for Xfinity TV um, and. Getting to know her through that process, um, she is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, she is just absolutely underrated as far as as what someone brings to the table for a Survivor character. We didn't get to see enough of her during Survivor Redemption Island. She's somebody who, if, if they do a Survivor All Star um, and don't go for like the super big names, is absolutely somebody they should bring back. She's attractive. Yes, she's funny. She gets strategy. Uh, I just think she's just wildly underrated. So, you know, when, when Survivor, uh, I'm sorry, when Miss Survivor came up, which was a fantastic idea, um, all, all five of the, of the finalists were like wonderful, like, wonderful uh, people that should have been considered. Courtney, I think it's hilarious. Amanda, I think, got a bad rap from the community. She's very nice. Parvati is, is, I don't know what else could be said about Parvati. She's just fantastic. I absolutely understand why people follow her to the ends of the earth and then get voted out. Like, she's just Around spectacular. Around the world for free, yeah. Yeah, around the world free. Who, who am I leaving out? Um, uh, uh, Maraska. Oh yeah, Maraska. Like again, like she's somebody who's just a, a fantastic representative for the show. I mean, she's always, she's always just super cool. So it was a, a tough choice, but Andrea, I felt was just like wildly underrated. Like it, like to, to have her going toe to toe with like these huge survivor names. Like I just I, I had all the hopes in the world for her. how. As far as how I'm dealing with it. Um, been a couple weeks <laughs> yeah um, Look, she got called up to the majors this is yeah you know, she was get ready for the show andrea it's it's tough it's been tough it's, it's been uh you know like i just i just went outside for the first time <laughs> uh the other day you know food like you know food doesn't taste as good <laughs> uh yeah it, it's been rough Okay, uh, this is from uh, Zach Brooks, and he said, uh, last time you had Gordon on, one of you was saying you don't think Allison Bree was that hot. I think it was Rob. Really? Really? <laughs> okay, so I guess this is more of a question for me, Gordon. Uh, I know. Would you, would you like a few minutes to champion Allison Bree? Here's, was that Zach? 
Zach, rest assured, that was not me that said Allison Brie was not hot. Yeah. Um, you know, you're either Team Britt or Team Annie. I am the flag bearer for Team Annie. Yeah. Um, oh, I, come on, Rob. And I'm more yeah. of a Team Britta. And <laughs> I feel like uh, while, you know, uh, I, I'm not... Any, I'm not bagging on Allison Bree's uh, looks. She's very, very attractive woman. I just find her uh, to be slightly annoying. And, and here's here's what I think is annoying about her. Um, that you know, I, and the character of Annie, I, I find uh, you know slightly irritating. She does have some good moments, but every time you see Allison Bree interviewed, no matter what the question is. Her answer is always some form of sexual innuendo. Like, uh, if you were to... She's like, she's like Courtney Stodden. <laughs> yes, yes. And she, she does talk in a little bit of a baby voice at times. And so uh, I see through this. I think it's very transparent. When If you interviewed Allison Brie for Xfinity TV and you said, uh, you know, Allison, you're on Community, uh, you're on Mad Men, what is it like working uh, on these two amazing shows and uh, her answer would probably be something like well you know i'm never opposed to two at the same time <laughs> uh, and it's so i just i don't appreciate all of the sexual innuendo because nobody she's either the horniest person in the whole world and i doubt this that this is the case or uh that she's uh, she's faking and i think that she might be a faker with all of the uh, sexy talk. And I don't appreciate that. All right. Okay. Well, uh, two quick points. One, I need to read more Alison Brie interviews. <laughs> two, uh, I've always said that I think Britta is the better character, but Alison Brie is more attractive than, than, uh, than Julian Jacobs. Not that, not that she is not attractive. It's just that as far as my tastes go, I'm a Brie guy. Yeah. And I also think if I had to pick an Alison Brie character, I think I like Trudy more than I like, uh, Annie. How about that? You're killing me. You're killing me. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. So uh, I know that there's going to be a big backlash coming. I'm expecting it. I'm going to put my helmet on. Uh, so Jessica Frey wants to know, uh, Gordon, who is worse, Colton or Pierce? I always kind of wondered how they were going to bring Pierce back after last season, just because he was just 500 degrees of evil. Um, Colton... Uh, he's worse. Um, it, it, the funny thing about Colton and Pierce is like their racism, and I just made air quotes even though we're on a podcast, yeah. um, is it's almost like there's two, I feel like there's two different kinds of racism. There's there's just like this angry hatred racism, which I'm talking you wrong. All racism racism is bad, but there's like this angry hatred hatred racism. Like, hate black people or whatever. Um, and then there's just like this. They don't know any better. And that's kind of like, and you almost like it, neither is good, but you almost feel sorry for the person that doesn't know better. Mm -hmm. And that's that's kind of how I feel about Pierce and Colton. Uh, do you think that Colton has on his iPod uh, any version of Pocket Full of Hawthorns? <laughs> oh, that's a that's a fantastic question. I would I would assume that there's got to be some kind of dance remix on that. <laughs> Okay. Uh, Mark Ari Solera wants to know, uh, Undertaker versus Triple H, WrestleMania, who wins? I think this is very easy. Oh, absolutely. Um, from a storyline standpoint, you know, Undertaker's got something to prove, uh, because at least the way they're playing it, because, you know, Triple H beat him within an inch of his life, WrestleMania, and he doesn't want to go that extra inch further. 
Um, but from a, a business standpoint, if, if I were in, in charge of writing for World Wrestling Entertainment, I would never, ever, ever, exclamation point, have The Undertaker lose at WrestleMania. It's, it's, it's an amazing selling point. It adds so much to his matches. Um, and I'm actually shocked how psyched I am for this match. I didn't think they could get me excited for another one of these. But uh, this WrestleMania can be awesome. Am I crazy? Didn't like, Undertaker fight Triple H last year at WrestleMania? He did. The storyline you're missing, and shame on you for not being up on your uh, your wrestling, yeah. is that during WrestleMania last year, Triple H uh, just destroyed The Undertaker, but at the last second, The Undertaker got in his submission hold with a bit of a fluke. Uh, Triple H tapped out, and The Undertaker won. Um, Undertaker had to be taken from the ring because he couldn't leave under his own power. The power is very dramatic. Um, and now Undertaker wants revenge for the savage beating. And but he, but he won. Really he wants revenge after he won? He won, but he he did not. He it was a very I don't want to say cheap victory, but it it was clear that Triple H was 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 dominating him, and the you know the dead man cannot have that on okay. wrestling's credit. <laughs> right. Uh, who spends more time uh, sleeping in a casket, Undertaker or Leaf from Survivor? <laughs> you know what's funny? Okay, so when I write my Survivor uh, recaps, I try to get them up as quick as possible, um, just because I know there's 500 coming after it, and uh, the. Uh, I, I kind of occasionally miss stuff because I have my nose in my computer when I'm writing. And I, the first time watching it, I missed Leaf crawl into a casket and go to sleep. <laughs> and I, like, I watched it again. I jumped into the, to the, the CMS and re-added a statement about the casket because it absolutely needed to be quoted on. Um, but <laughs> he's got like a little cubby hole in, on Monono Beach. That's great. His own little apartment. That's pretty sweet. He knows there's a hot plate in there. Yeah. And... It's like something we would see Chang doing. Right, precisely. <laughs> is Leaf the Chang of uh, Survivor One World? He does kind of just uh, on the periphery, <laughs> wants to be liked, you know. He just wants to be in the study group, yeah. Yeah, slip of the tongue. Yeah, I think that's, that's a fair analogy. <laughs> okay. Um, Mike Ramon wants to know, what are some of the best odd pairing character combos that you want to see more of? I.e. Shirley, Jeff, uh, Britta, and Chang. Do you have any a dream pairing that you'd like to see them tackle on Community? Well, you know, the, the Jeff Shirley they did last year, I really enjoyed that, but I kind of felt like that story was told. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, I don't know if I'd want to see more of that. As far as dream pairings, um, oh, goodness. Um, you know, Abed and Shirley's always has been a dud a couple times. Yeah. Uh, I, I love Dean and Jeff last year was great. I'd love to see the Dean get mixed in more just because I think he's a he's fantastic He's stealing character. the show. He absolutely is. So I, I'd like to see more of maybe like, a you know, Dean pair him up with, with my favorite character, Troy. I'd like to see some of that. Dean and Troy. Oh, that's interesting. Jordan Kalish wants to know, uh, would you say that Colton is more of an elitist or a racist? How would you rank him on the douchebag scale when compared to other Survivor douchebags? And he names them uh, Nayanka, Ben Browning, Jamie Newton, for example. Wow, that's a fantastic question. Um, I... I, I I think he's more of an elitist. I agree. Uh, um, I, I think if, if there was like, I don't know what Colton's taste is as far as men are, but if that kind of person who was African-American showed up on his tribe, uh, I would hope that he would be like, yeah, that dude's hot. Like, I would hope he wouldn't be like, oh, I'm not into that guy because he's black. Cause that's, uh, not saying that elitism is better than racism. Mm-hmm. Just saying that I, I hope it's elitism. Because for some reason, that's like a, a shade more forgivable. Um, <laughs> yeah. As far as far as the douchebag scale, I had I, I try to keep my 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 recaps 
from being too snarky. Yeah. I, I think there's a lot of that on the internet. And, and again, I really appreciate that these are real people and you're catching them starving, dirty, stinky. I, I always try to, to, to try to understand why they're doing these kinds of things. And I've written something in my recap that I deleted um, because uh, I, when that episode was over, I felt terrible. I just, I like, I don't like my survivor to go in that direction. I felt terrible. This week's Phillip, episode? This week's past episode. I felt terrible when Philip got into that racial con- confrontation with, uh, was it Michael in his season? Um, at Redemption Island, that, the, the, the tribal that just got super into like this racial discussion. You just feel bad that like that they're going through that and you want people to get along. And that, that's how I felt after this. And I, and I, I'd written that as far as survivor detestable characters go, number one on my list, and I'm saying characters, not the person. Right. The character, it's dreams. Dreams. Dreams from, from Survivor Fiji is, he, he's it for me. Uh, the, the whole, for some reason, I'm okay with you stabbing your best friend in the back in Survivor. That's okay with me. But, I mean, you know what you signed up for. But for some reason, something about an actual physical truck that exists being changing hands, for some reason, to me personally, that was a line that you shouldn't go past. <laughs> um, which is amazing because I didn't know I had a line. But that was it for me. So um, Dreams is, is it for me. So, but for some, I'd written something about, wow, Colton's really competing with Dreams as far as like detestable survivors go in my book. Well, let's see if a car and, shows uh, up. I know. If, if Colton swipes a car from somebody, that is it. Um, I'll, I'll have no, no faith in his redemption. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so as far as things go now, Colton is, 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 is reaching that level in my book. With, with so has Colton not yet uh, surpassed Dreams? Not yet. Is he number we'll, we'll two see. for you? Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard to say that after four episodes, but like, yeah, like it's, it's, I feel so horrible for some of these people that are, and, and, and like, there's been some talk that, you know, maybe it's just an act. I believe somebody, like his, he posted it or his buddy posted it, something that like, it's just a, a gimmick he's playing. Okay, let us know. <laughs> like, yeah, say something about well it, professional, yeah, like that. Like a lot of these are coming up when it's just him and a cameraman, right? Yeah, so we'll see. And kudos to Colton, able to get to number two on the douchebag charts uh, in only four <laughs> weeks. This is amazing. I know he's an innovator in the in the field of douchebaggery. Yeah, uh, amazing. So, uh, how about this one from Mark Aries Solera? Uh, wants to know uh, who are the men going to send in to catch up to the women in the Survivor Power Rankings? They already sent in Challenge God Cochran. It's going to be hard to top what he did. So what's going uh, well, on? You're playing men versus women on the Power Rankings this season. We're playing men. For- yes, and that's exactly what's going on. Um, I wanted. I always want to do something that ties into the gimmick. We we did the bonus Redemption Island point the past two seasons. This season it was a team of guys versus a team of girls. Um, it's o- it's only the three on each team. Um, myself, Jim Rice, and John Cochran against uh, Dawn Meehan, Christine Shields, Markowski, and uh, um, uh, Sophie Clark. And uh, we're getting our asses kicked. It is embarrassing. It's just across the board. Cochran managed to tie Christine last week, so good on him, but like it is ugly. And you know, the deeper you get into the game, the harder it is to get points because there's less people out there. So uh, we're actually taking a hiatus for the next couple weeks. Uh, when we come back, I think we just need to shake it off, um, get back in there, the old college try. Um, yeah, we, we we really need to step it up. That, that's all I can say. Like, I, I, don't get me wrong. I think Jim and Cochran are fantastic people, but uh, I think all three of us have really um, 
soiled the bed, so to speak. Gordon, is, is the Survivor Power Rankings game flawed at this point? I think that's... The, Here's the thing. The Survivor Power Rankings, more often than not, is a very close um, competition. It's very rare that somebody gets sashed, um, <laughs> like I did during Survivor Redemption Island by sash. Um, <laughs> Wait, so that is, explain sashed as a verb. Sashed as a verb means just getting your, 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 your sash handed to you, okay. um, which is exactly what happened to me that season. Maybe, I don't know, maybe it should be whoever wins the day gets a point as opposed to the amount of di- the difference yes. between the points. Like fantasy maybe football. That, yes, maybe that would keep it closer. Um, but uh, it's, it's going to be rough. But there's been some, so many amazing power ranking moments over the years. I mean, do you remember where you were when Tamara, Taj, George came from behind and managed to defeat Gordon Holmes at the very last? Oh, that was so fantastic. Seven up so, original. I seven up original indeed. So I would I would hate to 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 go back. And she won the coveted Probsty Award. I know she's very proud of it. Yeah, it's right next to her husband's Heisman. Right. Um. So uh, it's we'll take it under consideration. Uh, well, here's another question about the power rankings from John Acton. He wants to know. Did Jim even watch the first two episodes before making his picks? How could anyone think that Matt was in a good place in the tribe? Which was stupider, Jim ranking Matt at seventh or the men all agreeing to go to tribal council? You know, as, as the, the leader of a team, I, I'm not going to call uh, any of my teammates out on the carpet. He, Jim, is a, we're very proud to have him on board. Uh, he's a very intelligent guy. Um, he's a Cubs fan, which is unfortunate, but what are you going to do? Um, so, uh, uh, the guys take, the guys giving up immunity was stupid. Are you, uh, suspecting that Jim Rice could be under the influence of, uh, any sort of substance? Now, unless things have changed since I spoke to Jim in Samoa, Jim Rice has never smoked marijuana. Mm-hmm. So, and unless that has changed, I have no reason <laughs> to believe it. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. He also said that he is a, uh, high school teacher. Uh, that, okay, touche. <laughs> Okay, uh, this is a question from Ron Chan who wants to know, uh, what has a better chance of happening this year? Chelsea wins Survivor or Colby Rasmus makes the All-Star team? Well, now that Colby Rasmus is in the, in the American League, I would, I would assume that there are a plethora of American League out center fielders that, are, that are, might be ranked ahead of him. Um, Chelsea, I don't see a reason why she wouldn't. She has as good a chance as anybody right now, I would assume. So uh, let's go with Chelsea. Yeah. <laughs> okay. How about uh, this is from uh, Jeff Pittman who wants to know, is this the darkest, most terrible timeline on Survivor? Uh, <laughs> why did Jeff have to roll a one world? <laughs> Which was very, very clever. Uh, yeah. Uh, maybe the darkest timeline would have been, uh, you know, Chelsea being eliminated first. But other than that, um, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty spot on. Well done. Yeah. Uh, do you think that we will see uh, – what does your gut t- tell you? Will we see a return of the evil timeline, uh, Troy and Abed, at some point before the end of the season? I don't want to spill any beans. Oh. Um, beans are so precious. Um, but there was a super short shot of Abed wearing a goatee during, the, uh, during that spoiler uh, video they put out. So I think the odds are pretty good. All right, Gordon, last one. This is from Adam Case. He wants to know, will you place a rule on the Survivor Hall of Fame that forces a castaway to wait a year before being eligible for induction? 
or that a season that's currently airing cannot have anyone in its cast eligible for induction. This should be done to prevent another Aussie like last year who got in based on a recency bias. And I will uh, asterisk that uh, as uh, the opinion of Adam Case. I don't, okay, I don't, um, don't want to poo-poo Ozzy's induction. You know, honestly, if, if you had, had told me beforehand that Ozzy was going to be inducted this year, he wasn't obviously in my top three. And there are other people who weren't my top three that I thought would have been shoo-ins like Rupert. Um, I don't honestly don't know if Ozzy was was that kind of bias because I just because I feel like he had such support amongst the uh, the um, you know the, the senior voting folks. Um, that being said, I, I have thought about um, this a lot because it, it comes up. I, I don't think there's a danger in you know this past season uh, during this past voting section that Sophie would have been voted in. Uh, it just it just doesn't seem like that they get that kind of support. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant to do that kind of rule. However, um, there was talk of, um, you know, an all-star if, if they had come back, um, maybe not being eligible during their season. And I think that does have merit in the sense that, y- you know, if, if it was a, but only in the situation, if it were two all-stars, you know, like last season with Ozzy and coach, mm-hmm. maybe they wouldn't be eligible However, if it was like a larger all-star season, like, you know, Heroes Villain, um, that would take some super huge names out of the, the contention, which I don't know if I'm comfortable with that. So again, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we're taking it all under consideration, um, uh, the, the one-year rule I don't think will happen. The, uh, the returning all-star rule uh, we'll, we'll take on a case-by-case basis. Okay. Uh, you know, I was actually surprised because I feel like that Coach – uh, did not get as as much attention for the Survivor Hall of Fame as Ozzy did, and I think if I had to rank it, I think maybe uh, Coach more deserving than Ozzy. Well, I think this goes back to what we were talking about, like the different fan bases. Like I, I feel like the more hardcore fan bases would appreciate what Coach did um, during South Pacific, whereas the people, like I said, the people that watch the show and care about challenges more than that, were like, well, Ozzy's the best challenge competitor of all time. How can he not be in the Hall of Fame? So, again, I think it comes down to what you appreciate as a fan. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and, you know, I said that was the last one. Uh, I, I, one more I want to ask you. I, I like how this is a set up from Ron Chan. He says, Gordon, as someone that has probed on speed dial, and who, and who <laughs> knew, uh, please ask him what would happen if the final Tribal Council jury were tied 3-3-3 or 4-4-1. I can't die in peace until I get the answer. Now, first off, now is it true that you have a, a phone with speed dial? It's actually right here. Um, I mean, I can call him right now. No, I shouldn't. He, you know, I, I forget the time difference. Seems like a Philly like a LA. very nineties so, yeah. thing to be even using speed dial. <laughs> I know, right? It's right next to my answering machine and my uh, my fax machine. <laughs> um, here's the thing: I don't know if I can live with the idea that Ron um, wouldn't would, couldn't die a happy person without knowing this. My understanding from Everything I've heard is that there is something in place in the case of a tie. Um, they've never said what it is, to the best of my knowledge. The next time I talk to Jeff Probst, I'll be sure to, uh, to raise that question. Uh, well, so what do you think it is, if, if you had to guess what it is? Okay, so we're at, we're at the reunion. Well, first of all, they, like, I, and I don't know this for a fact, I would have to assume the producers cracked that thing open. How could you not? Of course. Um, and, and read up those votes. <laughs> read up of those votes. Yeah. Um, 
I'm a writer. So uh, I'd assume they would have to know heading into the, to the, the finale. Either Most definitely. Yeah, so I would assume they, they would have to arrange for some kind of revote. And I, I, I couldn't imagine they couldn't resist having Jeff go through the process and the winner survivor is, oh my God, there's, it's a three-way tie. What do we do? Um, so I don't know if that is some kind of revote that happens immediately. Like when they go to a commercial and everybody revotes. Um, I'd assume if it, you know, if it, if it ends up four, four, one, they would just eliminate that third person and then have them revote. So there's no way there's a tie. But then you have to revote uh, after you've seen the show. I mean, doesn't that, um, like what I think what would be interesting if it was three, 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 I know they used to say on survivor, they, the votes have been sealed since we were on the Island. And this is, you know, the first time they were opening it, obviously they're editing the show. They had, they, the production has to know who is, uh, who is the winner. Um, but are they looking, I mean, they have to check the tape. I would think to at least make sure they got it while they're there. Uh, do you think that they would look at the tape and say it's three three three? We need to revote here. Or if it's four four one, have them revote uh, while they're at tribal council. I, that's a good point. I hadn't thought about. I think four four one is more likely than three three three. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I mean, the thing is, is you know, there's you've been there. There's a camera pointing at you as you vote, and you hold up your vote and you say, "I'm voting." For Jervis because he said that the women are like cows and then they fold it and they put it in the yeah. in the urn. So somebody's watching that as it happens. So it's not like so. It, 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 there's no way to surprise. Um, so yeah, I, that's a, who knows, man. I, I would assume you're probably more on base with have them vote at tribal council. I think if it was four 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 or four four one, I think they might have them do do a revote at the tribal council. If it was three three three, though. I don't know what they would do. Uh, would they have them, you know, pull a rock at the finale? I mean, that would be pretty exciting. Fire challenge in the middle of that the theater for a million dollars. I mean, what, what would you want to see them do if it was three three three? I I don't know. Like I'm, I'm a, again, like I said, like can, can you change somebody's vote at a final tribal? Can they talk? Can they not at the reunion? Yeah. Yeah, like, and and again, like, it's much different being out there and thinking you know somebody than being home and watching someone trash you on a on a when they're talking to the cameras. I, I honestly do not know. Um, I'll do my best to get to the bottom of this next time I talk to Mister Probst. Um, but yeah, like, it's I almost feel like the Purple Rock is the most fair way to break up the three 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 tie. So, are you saying all three people pull a rock? Whoever has the right rock is eliminated. No, or is win? the winner. Wow. How's that for an exciting finale? And Jeff Probst says it's three, three, three. Don't go anywhere. We're pulling a purple rock for a million dollars when we come back. Who's changing the channel? Uh, don't, don't get me wrong. I would absolutely stay tuned in, but I, I just I, I can hear in the distance a fan base, you know, bursting into flames with anger because. Well, what would you? you know, what would do you do? It was a three. It was a stalemate. Three, three, three. I mean, do you want them to vote again after seeing the episode? I mean, I think that's more. I mean, I'm not going to if if I'm in the finals of the Amazon and then, you know, uh, let's say there's a final three and it's, you know, me, Jenna and Matt. And then we co- and now we come back. Everybody's watched the show. People aren't going to vote for me after they saw I was, you know, making making jokes about them or, you know, 
I mean, they had this on Big Brother. That's the reason why they sequestered the Big Brother cast now is that uh, Danielle Reyes on Big Brother 3 should have won and people didn't vote for her because she was mean in the confessionals. It's got to be a fire challenge. It can't be pull a rock. There needs to uh, it's got to be either some kind of vote or some kind of skill. If it's pull a rock from a bag, people it's it's one of those things like, you know, in the all-star game with with tie. People are like, I just sat through five hours of baseball. I for just this. sat like, through 13 weeks of television to pick a rock out of I know, I, I know. Yeah, I watched all this, and it comes down to guys picking a rock out of a bag. I have to think that they, that they have prepared for such a contingency. But the thing with making a fire is that, you know, uh, what was the season where they had to make a fire and it took them like five hours? I know. <laughs> I mean, you have people sitting there at a live reunion show. It's got to be um, – I mean, they can't do it by the applause meter. Uh, I mean, at least – like the rocks is so arbitrary, but at the same time, it's just so. What? How could you argue with it? They need to set up some kind of obstacle course in the street in New York, yeah. and have them run it. Have them run it not only in their nice clothes, but you know, back to their original weights and all done up and pretty. Like setting up the fire. I mean, I feel like could is rife with uh, controversy of oh, this person had uh, more uh, sawdust than I did, or whatever. I. Uh, beats me of what you would even use to start a fire uh <laughs> the kindling whatever whatever it would be uh, listen, listen to the survivor all-star roster you know beats me what it takes to make what, a fire. what i always said about survivor and we, you know we got you know we all talked to uh you know jeff probes and stuff before the game started on survivor all-stars he's like make sure you know how to start a fire and, I, and to this i said look if my tribe is looking at me and saying rob we need you to start the fire. We're dead already. <laughs> if we get to the point, Rob, it's coming down. Our, our life and death depends on you being able to start the fire. We are dead. Forget it. That's, uh, that's my mom's biggest pet peeve is people who go on the show and don't know how to make fire. That's, that's her biggest concern. That and the women when they don't have swimwear. It's, when they're running around in their bras, that's concerned her as well. It's not that you don't know how to make it. I mean, I think it really knowing how to make a fire is not a very big part of Survivor at all. And as somebody who could have, I mean, not that I did so well on Survivor All-Stars, uh, but in Survivor the Amazon, it was not it was not a factor. I think we had a flint from the, from the get-go, and I think we had kerosene also. And in Survivor All-Stars... And a lighter. It was a big deal, but I mean... Boston Rob knew how to make a fire. It, it was, and Big Tom knew how to make a fire. It was just impossible to do under those circumstances. So the chances are of you know you being able to make a fire on your own. Yeah, Jay was able to do it on uh, this season, but you know after three days you're getting the flint anyway. I mean, chances are you're in some place. It's so humid, it's impossible to even do it. I, I don't think that knowing how to make a fire is such a big deal. And I don't think anybody's ever not gotten voted off like. Um, if the men wanted to vote off Jay on that first episode, yeah, he got the fire started. I don't think anybody in Survivor 24, I don't think anybody's saying, well, that guy started a fire from nothing. So you can't, can't vote him out. I'm not even thinking of it from a game standpoint. I'm thinking of it from a, I know how I am standpoint. And that, you know, like I said, I always thought I'd go out in Survivor and I'd, I'd be like Steven and Rob and kick ass and I know all this. But then I know me, and I know how I react when I don't have a lot of food, and it's not pretty. <laughs> and I, I can't imagine how I'd react if I didn't have, if like I was like dehydrated, and just make things worse. So for just a me getting by standpoint, would need fire and would need so, so I can have one. Yeah, and I, I just feel like from the a game point of view, it's not that big a deal. Yes, I would agree. With yeah, that. 
All right, so I have a feeling that after this whole conversation, I, I predict that the uh, this three 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 four four one thing is going to be the most commented part of the entire show. Well, what, what was it, what else was it that I requested comments for? That might be well. <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to go back and take a look. Uh, Gordon Holmes. Yeah, I think you're. Right. Uh, well, anything uh, big coming up? You want to tell people about? Uh, like I said, there's a, there's a brief hiatus, and then the power rankings will be back. Like and then, community, you know, re- the, the power like, rankings are they canceled? They they are. My uh my ratings weren't that good, <laughs> and uh, hopefully my small loyal fan base will help uh, help bring it back. So the new column um, that goes up in its place during the hiatus, you have to hope it does not do as well. Yes, do not click on the Thirty Rock rankings. Uh, do not pay attention to them. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll be back with you know the recaps and the exit interviews and. Power rankings and etc. In okay. Uh, well, Gordon. Until uh, next time, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you. All right. Take care. <laughs>